3: Hey Alarmy, before we get started, we wanted to make sure you heard the big news. The Alarmist has joined Patreon. Patreon subscribers will get access to our content ad free, as well as our aftermath post interview discussion and final verdict. We'll also be putting out additional bonus episodes and other fun stuff. Here's a preview of Guest Alarmist, where I step aside and let a guest walk us through a personal tragedy, and together the Alarmist crew figures out who's to blame. This month, Alarmy favorite and writer Anastasia Kousakis discusses the great grounding of the mid-90s.
4: Because
2: I was so, such a good kid and followed most of the rules, they like didn't get a real... I didn't
0: break them in or anything. Like they just, mm-hmm. I just did what they wanted me to do. Right. I was very honest and, you know... But yeah, I was, I think... Like, did your
2: siblings get away with more than you, your younger siblings? Like, were I they doing you, stuff?
3: Oh my God, Clayton. For sure, right? Four four <laughs> years later,
2: my youngest brother was like, not four, I don't know. Four or five years later, my youngest brother was caught buying beer
0: and everybody just laughed. Oh, oh like, that is so frustrating a for you.
2: Let's, you it's got granted out. for a month <laughs> for going, <laughs> going to the beach. You went to Starbucks no, and you got granted Starbucks.
3: for a month. This is... Go to patreon.com slash the alarmist and subscribe today. Now, on to our episode. I was born with a special gift the ability to mentally transform any situation into the worst case scenario in my own brain. My therapist calls my gift catastrophizing. everyone. Thanks for tuning into The Alarmist, a comedy podcast where we talk about history's greatest tragedies and figure out who's to blame. Today, we're discussing the death of Houdini. Here's what you need to know. Harry Houdini was born Eric Weiss on March 24, 1874 in Budapest, Hungary. His family came to the United States when he was just four years old and initially settled in Appleton, Wisconsin, where Eric's father, Samuel, worked as a rabbi. However, Samuel was fired from his position and the family fell into deep poverty. They moved to New York City in 1887 to look for better opportunities. Despite learning the trapeze at nine, it was in New York and at Coney Island specifically that Eric discovered his passion for illusion, magic, and showmanship. It was a path that would lead him to incredible things. Eric was one of seven Weiss children and he adored his mother Cecilia, wanting nothing more than to protect and take care of her. This desire of his became a necessity however, when Eric's father died during an operation to remove a malignant tumor on his tongue. Eric was only 17 but set out to make a career as a traveling vaudeville magician. He dubbed himself Harry Houdini, an homage to French magician Jean-Eugène Robert Houdin. Houdini toured with his brother Theodore, who also went by Dash, and had limited success. But in 1894, he would meet the love of his life, Bess Rahner, a fellow performer. They married after only three weeks, and the two joined forces on stage, performing together as the Houdinis. For the rest of his career, she would be his stage assistant. Houdini's break came in 1899 when he met Martin Beck, who encouraged him to focus on escape routines, specifically handcuffs. His reputation grew and in 1900, he toured Europe. He stunned audiences with his showmanship and knack for drama. And on one occasion, he baffled a group of officers at Scotland Yard, escaping from the handcuffs they used for criminals. Another escape came in the form of a challenge from the newspaper, The Daily Mirror. They put him in specialty handcuffs that were designed over five years by locksmith Nathaniel Hart. Hiding behind a curtain, Houdini struggled at first, but after an hour and seven minutes, Houdini emerged free from the cuffs. His career skyrocketed. He performed stunts at home and abroad and dazzled audiences. Houdini was meticulous about his physical conditioning, his public perception, but most of all, about protecting his secrets and his reputation. He called out copycats and frauds, and even filed a lawsuit against someone who claimed he bribed an aide for help with one of his escapes. No one knew how he did what he did. The only people who possibly knew were his wife and Brother Dash, who he supposedly swore to secrecy in a dramatic scene that took place in the middle of the Brooklyn Bridge when the clock struck midnight. Later in his career, Houdini became a notorious debunker of so-called psychics, spiritualists, and mediums. He knew all the tricks of the trade and was part of a group that offered a cash prize for anyone who could actually conjure spirits or speak to the dead. No one was able to claim the prize money. His life as an artist and entertainer was physically taxing, however, and wore down his body and his mind. Privately and in his journals, he complained about the pain and fatigue, but he never discussed his struggles publicly. One night in the dressing room of the Princess Theatre in Montreal in 1926, Houdini was challenged by a college student, J. Gordon Whitehead. Whitehead had heard that punches to his stomach didn't hurt Houdini, and he wanted to test the theory personally. Houdini casually agreed to the challenge, and Whitehead immediately began punching him. After a few direct hits, Houdini gestured for Whitehead to stop. Houdini had recently broken his ankle and was sitting down when he received the blows, and was therefore not able to adequately brace himself for the onslaught. Despite his extreme pain, Houdini went on to perform that night, but the pain didn't go away. Two days later, suffering a fever of 104 degrees, Houdini refused to stop his tour and he performed at the Garrick Theatre in Detroit, Michigan. He allegedly passed out during the show and was revived. After the act, he was rushed to a hospital and days later, on October 31st, 1926, died from peritonitis, a result of appendicitis. Although there is no scientific link between blunt force trauma and appendicitis, many insist that it's possible that Whitehead strikes led to Houdini's death. Nonetheless, his death was a gut punch, not only to Houdini, but to magic lovers everywhere. Fun Facts, AKA Death Stats. Harry's wife, Bess, went on to hold an annual Houdini seance for 10 years, stopping in 1936. Fans and fellow magicians have since made the seance and rituals a Halloween tradition at Houdini's gravesite. The cemetery is now closed on Halloween, however, because of repeated acts of vandalism at Houdini's grave on October 31st. Bess Houdini died in 1943, but was not allowed to be buried alongside Harry because she was not of Jewish descent. The Society of American Magicians, of which Houdini served as president for nearly 10 years, performs a broken wand ceremony every year in his honor. With us today, we have producer Clayton Early. Hello. And our very special guest is friend, comedian, magician. Some of you might know him as the Mind Noodler. (laughs) It's Matt Donnelly.
1: Awesome! So happy to be back on the Alarmist. and thrilled. Thank you for having me.
3: We're so excited to have you back on the show, and this is the perfect episode. Uh, you are currently on tour with Penn & Teller presents the Foolers.
1: Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. They uh, they picked four magicians to go out on the road, and all four of us are doing our best stuff as well as performing like covering Penn & Teller material, which is a mm. first for them. So we're, we're it's a really packed show of crazy tricks so you've
2: noodled your way into that gig
1: i have uh, yeah noodling (laughs) doesn't always mean uh nepotism but it does here it does
3: (laughs) (laughs) and just so everyone knows uh, if you're in the northeast you can uh catch the show live and all you have to do is go to mind loot mindnoodler.com or foolerslive.com and you can get tickets
1: yeah come see a big magic show it's not like we we don't have like a bunch of people in tuxes uh trying to be like super slick this is Mm. a really fun kind of outrageous night out you can bring the kids uh and it's just it's just it's super fun it's a super big a lot of big tricks a lot of big illusions and it's super funny and super fun i hope people come check it out
3: if they go to your website, they can catch a little glimpse of you yes. uh, of of the kind of material um, that that they can uh, that you have in store for them, and it's really fun and and funny. Oh, thank you. Of course, I knew it would be. <laughs>
1: Come on. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. No, that's the thing. It's like, uh, yeah, we we have a daredevil girl with this really fancy illusionist guy, Al- uh, Alex. Uh, I do the comedy. I do the I do the, the big okay. comedy swings. Yeah, in the show. it's
3: super fun.
2: Would this be Houdini approved? Do you think?
1: I think so. I think so. Jessica Jane, who's the little daredevil, she like eats fire and hangs upside down, does a straitjacket. Uh, oh, okay, she's that's... a huge Houdini buff, a huge Houdini expert. She was very jealous that I was oh. coming on this program today. <laughs> Maybe she could be our guest expert. Yeah. Well, she actually mm- sent me a fun article about Houdini getting uh, locked inside his own hotel room, and he had to call. Oh, that's the thing funny. To get, to get locked Hilarious. down. It, it made the news at the time. Like people couldn't <laughs> wait to like publish. Like Houdini, master of escaping from jails, stuck in a hotel. (laughs)
2: can't find his key (laughs) Uh,
3: Houdini Uh, Houdini. uh, Matt we have to ask you because we always have to start off the show by asking our guests what is something that's recently alarming you what's something that's keeping you up at night
1: um uh (laughs) diabetes diabetes wow
3: it's a first oh my god
1: (laughs) Uh, we've never had that (laughs) that's really uh, (laughs) just generally or no i was i I recently got i was like i'm getting checked up i had a friend who had a huge health scare i'm like i'm gonna get checked up and they got blood work done and they were like uh you're pre-diabetic and i was like Mm. what (gasps) does that mean and so now I have to take medicine all the time to make no. sure that my to give my pancreas a break, I guess. I don't know. Mm. I uh, I didn't, I didn't, uh, I, I was, I, I was surprised. I was arrogant and surprised. And so uh, if there is something that actually hangs over my head that I don't usually talk about, but when you asked, <laughs> that's the thing that popped right to the front of the brain. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's what I'm <laughs> worried
3: about. Well, I think, I mean, number I one, it, good for you, you see, for getting it checked out right. in the first place. Yeah, yeah. And number two, good for you for doing something about it. So, I mean, that's all yeah. we can do.
2: If you're pre yeah. now, then perhaps you can be post in the
1: future, right? <laughs> Thank you, Clayton. Yes. Also, well. My fingers are crossed. I'm going to put up my vision board, all right? Post diabetes, go. nice and pink. <laughs>
3: But be, be careful with that, because you. I think you want to. You want to make sure the no diabetes, the no is right. bigger just,
2: than the you don't diabetes. you to get and then lose it. You just going to just skip it and go right to post. I think.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <Great>. <laughs> careful with those vision boards. <laughs> Thank now you. Guys.
3: I, ha- I have I'll, a really. I'll good... let my
1: doctor know your feelings. Yes, please. So we we'll, oh, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll see how best it is to proceed.
3: Well, this is good that you're bringing. You're giving me. Lots of transition options here. Yeah, yeah. We're talking, okay. you know, uh, doctor's advice. We're talking internal. Houdini, inter- yes, internal
1: organs. Yeah, yes, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> but Challenging one- our internal organs.
3: <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and I think I, I, I've got the transition here. You okay. are called the mind noodler. Yes. That is your name. And they, I have heard of the appendix being called a tiny noodle.
1: Oh. It's it's the
3: small it's a small but dangerous noodle
1: that yes. hangs
3: <laughs> off of the intestine somewhere. Don't quote me on this. I'm not a medical doctor. It's actually the
1: name of my coffeehouse album: "A Small Dangerous Noodle." A small dangerous. <laughs> is, <yeah. laughs> I'm, I'm, my interest is peaked. <laughs> it's it's At, almost all percussion,
3: <laughs> <laughs> and that is what eventually got Houdini. It's what yeah. what caught him. It's very sad, actually. It's a very s- sad story. He he died. You get the feeling that he died young,
4: yes. even though he was fifty two.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, that's still young, people.
4: Yeah, <laughs>
3: even yeah. In nineteen twenty four, in, in, indeed it is. <laughs> um, I feel like we should start off by to- uh, talking about some of his greatest tricks. Are you familiar with Houdini? Was he a
1: a, a little Something bit, that, uh, yeah. yeah. In fact, like um, my story is strange if you know my magic story. I didn't become a magician until my late 30s because um, I was writing on the television show Fool Us, and I kind of mouthed off and got dared to Learn Magic by Penn <laughs> from Penn <and> & Teller. <laughs> but when I look back at my early childhood, in second grade, we had to come in dressed as who we were doing a biography on. And I came in as Houdini. I dressed as Houdini and did my first biography on him. Wow. Yeah.
3: So he's been an inspiration. You didn't even know it.
1: I didn't. Yeah. (laughs) I I don't remember losing interest in magic, but I certainly did. And uh, uh, But but yeah, early on, I remember buying little magic tricks at the toy store and stuff like that. Um, And so, yeah. So no, I was aware of Houdini and interested in Houdini at a a young age, for sure.
3: So, I mean, some of his famous tricks... I'm looking up on a a website called Carnival of Illusion. He did uh, the famous Milk Can Escape. Yes. That was a popular one.
1: Oh, here's a fun story. Uh, uh-huh. uh, I was actually at uh, David Copperfield in Vegas. It has the most crazy collection of magic memorabilia. And it's privately owned. He only gives private tours once in a while. So hmm. this little warehouse, this hidden warehouse in the outskirts of Vegas. And I got to take a tour. It like a, it's like a midnight after his shows. I got to take a tour. Wow. And um, I had played pickleball earlier that day. And my legs okay. were super sore. <laughs> and so um, while we were taking the tour, I found myself leaning down. On an object to like kind of just take a little pressure off my legs, and someone <gasps> hit my elbow in the ribs, and I was like, "What?" And they're like, "You're leaning on Houdini's milk can," and I, was like, oh Jesus, wow. and I felt so disrespectful and so dumb, and I was like, "I was, I was just—it's my first time playing pickleball. I'm so sore. Otherwise, I would never have done it." No disrespect. So yes, I've, I my elbows know the can you're talking about. So wow, it's actually, I mean, it's a, uh,
3: you've seen it. It's a pretty large can. I mean, yeah. he, I, I'm seeing a picture of him right next to it right now. And it goes like all the way to his hip. Although we should say that Houdini was, was, was kind of short. He was, he was a short. He looked like an acrobat.
1: You, yes. If you saw him, you'd be like, that guy does acrobat right. circus things. You wouldn't think yeah. magic.
3: Because I, I guess it's useful if you're going to put yourself inside of things, for yeah. uh, an extended period of time like a like a, a milk can uh
1: i don't want to expose too much magic small. here but yes contorting into weird spaces that people would be surprised you fit in is a huge element of magic <laughs> <laughs> it's a huge it's a huge huge part of magic you
3: know i'm feeling like i should have gone into magic is what i'm feeling oh <laughs> yeah you'd be ideal
1: yeah, there's yeah, a lot of illusions you'd be perfect for
3: in fact, his wife was under five feet. She was very, very small. Bess was a tiny uh kind of my size. And she she I read somewhere that she had a size one shoe. So that's Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Chris I is just, not here. I pictured like he, a doll. I, I pictured like know, a
1: doll like, me wiggling forward. Yes. She like was if it very blew small. if the wind blew too hard, you'd be like, oh no.
2: <laughs> that's a magic trick right there, fitting into yeah. a size one shoe, really.
3: yeah Yeah. well you know chris when i mentioned that to him he was like do they even make shoes that small i'm like yeah chris there's like you know child children's (laughs) shoes it's not like there's a huge gap between when you're a child and then you're an an adult
1: adult size in fact very rarely in anything do they start with a measurement of two (laughs) they often often do start at one yes and go forward so you should be surprised that the size exists
3: Yes. So that was shocking for him. So there's the milk can one where he put himself in a milk can with with milk and or sometimes water. And then the the lid was padlocked shut and then he would escape from it somehow. Unclear. There was the jail, the the multiple jail escapes. Mm. Uh, He was known for getting handcuffed and then getting out of handcuffs.
1: Yeah, that was the thing. Escapes were the things that got you press, right? And so mm. the milk can thing is so strange to us now. But back in the days of like a different milkman and different places you get milk, like a giant milk can was an artifact that people understood to right. exist, you know? <laughs> uh, they could relate and- to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like one of giant us milk like escaping is. from a giant Amazon box or something like that. It's like, it's like that.
2: <laughs> a lot less impressive. <laughs> yeah.
1: No, it's it's, just, it's relatable. So you read about it and you're like, oh, I can right. picture a milk can. I can't picture someone getting out of that. You know.
3: Yeah. He also did a straight jacket. Uh, I think he would. Um, I read that he would. That what call it? dislocate. We call that a dislocate.
1: <laughs> you, that, that's still, <laughs> that's, that's a still. That's still happening uh, all the time. Popular. now. That, one, that, one, that That's. That's really, that's his, that's his beat it, you know, uh, uh, of, of illusions right there, the straitjacket.
3: And he also, uh, made an elephant vanish at one point, a 10,000 pound elephant.
1: Yes. Yes. That's,
3: that's a big deal. I don't know. Mm
1: -hmm. It is a big deal. Uh, I think it's Jim Steinmeier's book or something that jokes about, uh, yes, it was amazing to see the elephant disappear and weird to watch 16 people haul off a, a, we're, uh, a box very awkwardly <laughs> afterward. A huge, huge <laughs> box. <or> box.
4: <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. <laughs> and then there was the water torture cell that he yes. would go in, um, he would be upside down.
1: yep Right? Straight jacket, upside down in water and unlock himself underwater. Uh, we have a water tank. Ex- uh, uh, we have b- both a straight jacket escape and a water tank uh, escape in our show. So these things are still prevalent today. And You're doing, awesome doing an homage. A yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
3: yeah. <laughs> um, it's interesting
2: so- to think why people were so interested in these this escapism. Like, is it... Were they glad that he's escaping death or like was there just like a culture of mm. like what are we running from that we need to escape at the time
1: <laughs> i do think it just comes from a desperation for publicity like i mm-hmm. think like he was very good at regular old magic tricks as well but escapes have always fascinated people and and that still right. happens to the day i mean if you look at like david blaine's stunts and things like right. that he's going for surviving not maybe not escaping but surviving you know mm. like, right you know and so i think we just when people are going to actually put do anything kind of daredevil-y we just go like, oh, cool. But yeah, escape escapology or whatever. It's escapologists. <laughs> right.
3: Yeah. Uh, I, well, why don't we start of off by putting uh, escapology up on the okay. board? No, just right. the, the nature of the business. <laughs> nature of the business.
1: Need, need, the need for leads. The need, the need to be in that newspaper.
3: But I read that he would do this very smart publicity thing where he, while he was doing any stunt where he was being put in water or like in the can that was full of water or the, the water torture tank. Um, he would tell the audience to hold their breath
4: with him during the time
3: so that, you know it, it, people would eventually like start like gasping for air and they're like oh my god is he gonna get out of it i can't breathe can right. he is he dead so it really kind of uh you know made that created this tension that was thrilling for yeah, an audience it amplifies
2: the effect for
1: sure yeah for sure That's
3: i mean something. i i don't know we we got to tell um the daredevil uh, woman in your uh, show.
1: Jessica
4: Jane, yeah. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. yeah to adopt that.
3: Yeah. Homage. Um, now, let's start off. Well, we already have escapism, right? Or yes,
2: escapology. I got Escapology. It on the board. <laughs> mm-hmm.
3: Perfect. And I feel like we need to talk about his show must go on mentality.
1: Okay. I. This is we all got to talk about that, right? The show must go on is definitely said by a producer first, and everyone else. Yes, right. What
3: a great point, Matt. What a great point. It's all about the money behind it, and in in all fairness, he was his own producer, so.
4: Oh, I guess he did
3: yeah. feel like he needed he needed to make money for himself, but it's still the same thing. So, this is from All Things All That's Interesting on October 11th, Houdini broke his ankle while performing a water torture cell escape trick in Albany, New York. He managed cool. to push through the the next several appearances against doctors orders and then traveled to Montreal. There, he made appearances at the Princess Theatre and held a lecture at McGill University, so he kept on working. Mm-hmm. After the lecture, he sh- he schmoozed with some students and, and, and faculty, and among them, Je- Samuel J. Smiley, who made a sketch of the famous magician, and Houdini was so impressed with the drawing that he invited uh, S- uh, Smilovich, that was his last name, to come to the Princess Theatre on Friday, October 22nd to do a proper, a proper portrait. Then the doctor, um, the doctor that diagnosed Houdini with acute appendicitis said he should go immediately to the hospital. This is later when he travels to Detroit. So I have to point out in this Montreal meeting where Smiley is doing his portrait backstage, that's when the uh, one of the friends, one of the other students comes in and, uh, and does the famous punch.
4: Yes. In the gut.
1: Yeah. Which
3: we'll talk about later. We're gonna okay. we're gonna talk about that later. Talking and, about something
1: right now is like yeah. I just for the listener's sake is like I think people have to understand that Houdini was Taylor Swift. Like how you think right. of Taylor Swift as like just gigantically famous and every right, icon right now, icon. Like that's what Houdini is. He wasn't just a famous magician, he was the famous entertainer of his time. Like There's no one more famous. So probably a lot of pressure to make sure you're not canceling any gigs. Yeah. A lot of people attached to what you're doing.
3: I mean, the fact that he went on stage with a broken ankle to do all of the tricks he usually did. Yeah. And then when he got to Detroit later, because he continued to travel, um, he had sold at the Garrick Theater $15,000 worth of tickets for that evening's show. But he wasn't feeling well. His stomach hurt. He had uh, a, a temperature of 104, which is mm. very high.
2: Yep, like delusional high. Yes. You're
3: supposed
1: to go to the hospital
2: at 104. I yes. Think. Yes. For sure.
3: You should. You should probably go at 102 just for safety. <laughs>
1: <laughs> You're on the alarmist. <laughs> <We> recommend 102. <laughs> We're gonna take that down too.
3: <laughs> Why wait till it's 104? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: And but interesting th- enough, uh, the Fahrenheit scale for temperature starts at two. They skip one, oh. and it goes from two on. <laughs> so, so Chris was wrong wow, to something.
3: Yeah. That's why he asked. That's why he asked. That's
1: why, because he was thinking Fahrenheit.
3: <laughs> um, the doctor was like, we need to take you to the hospital. But he's like, no, I have to do this show. He does the show. I'm, if anyone has had an appendicitis, yeah. I have not. Have you? Ha- does everyone here have their appendix?
1: yes. I honestly haven't checked in forever, uh, but uh, as far as I know, I do. That's a good point. But you um, know, like let's... it's interesting because, like, right now, like stars are canceling shows now. Like this post-COVID yeah. era, we are mm. seeing so many stars. Bruce Springsteen just canceled his run. Uh, Ed Sheeran just canceled a show in Vegas. You know, like there's been a bunch of of people just canceling stuff. Uh, for their own health, and yeah. it's, <laughs> and we are seeing the ramifications. There's mixed feelings about it. I, it's, it's true. Oh. We do not respect it. We're not like, well, it's post COVID. You got to cancel. You got to cancel. Everyone's like, right. I thought the show must go on. Right. <laughs> I'm. I have the flu and I'm at work right now. Like, what do you mean?
3: It's <laughs> <in> your show. <laughs> but. During this particular show, between the first and the second acts, people were putting ice packs on him to cool him down. And then some people reported that he had passed out during the show and that he needed to be revived in the third acts. And and then finally, after, I think maybe during the third act, he called off the show and went to his hotel room, but didn't go straight to the hospital.
1: Weird. I guess he was like, I've already had plenty of ice. The most advanced medicine of our time, ice. I've had it. <laughs> <laughs> I can go to the doctor tomorrow.
2: Maybe wonder, Appendix uh, was yeah. just trying to be part of the show and escape. Yeah. Unfortunately,
3: I couldn't get out. Yeah, the Appendix was like, come
2: on. I'm, she's like part of the act. <laughs> Terrible joke.
4: The kidneys um, are like, here right, it who goes again. <laughs> there i wonder
3: if a little i, I think a, a big part of it is is money obviously and not in the pressure of not wanting to let people down i wonder if it's also feeling like you could easily become yesterday's news you know Definitely. that right yeah,
1: yeah for sure yeah yeah
3: I, I don't know what that yeah yesterday's news syndrome
1: yesterday's yeah. news <laughs> syndrome is perfect yeah i like that why <laughs> we ha-
3: Y and S. Yes, Y&S. it's in the it's in the medical books. <laughs> um, I think we need to put speaking of the medical books, let's put ignoring appendicitis up on the yeah, board.
1: Yeah, appen- uh, appendicitis should be up there for sure. <laughs> yes. sure.
3: Um, he was punched in this. Uh, he was punched on the right side of his abdomen prior to the onset of the appendicitis. And uh, the doctors at the time assumed that the trauma caused. Uh, The appendix attacked, but this is actually from History Daily. However, we know now that it is extremely rare for acute appendicitis to be the result of trauma or blunt force to the abdomen. In Houdini's case, it seems as though it's only a coincidence that the great escape artist would contract appendicitis after being punched in the stomach whether the appendicitis was caused by the punches or not will also be the subject for debate what is clear however is that houdini's refusal to seek medical help after the punches and all the way up until he was finally hospitalized was perhaps the biggest factor leading to his death had he seen a doctor weeks earlier his life may have been spared
1: because and- Get your checkup, guys. Get your checkups. Yes. Matt got his. <laughs> that's right. Houdini
2: needed to follow that example.
3: Yes. I mean, Maybe
1: it's you had a, a fear 20.
2: of doctors. Like sometimes, you know, that people have a fear mm. of hospitals because they just rather ignore the problem. Like I mean, I, that's total speculation, but
1: oh yeah yeah well it's always worse if it's, if it's like you won't go visit someone in the hospital and you're like right. I'd go but I am not I'm st- i don't like hospitals whereas like yeah. everyone else is just thrilled with hospitals That's
3: why they, uh, <laughs> like, get me to it, a hospital baby like, yeah,
1: like, oh, we haven't caught up in a while you want to be in a hospital and grab a cup of coffee we'll catch up it's the safest place to be if anything goes wrong <laughs> You You're know what? There. I'm gonna
3: start. I'm gonna start doing work from hospital coffee yeah. shops <laughs> just <laughs> for safety.
1: <laughs> we often have very affordable commissaries, so maybe yeah. it's a good deal. It's a good thing for the uh, for people tightening their belts.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's. Uh, I feel like we gotta talk about the the lack of knowledge and treatment for peritonitis, which is what happened. It's it's appendicitis that becomes peritonitis if I'm okay. correct.
1: When, when, when does the it appendix happen, or how. What
3: after the appendix burst. Bursts,
2: which is oh. isn't that supposed to be pretty painful? Like that's like pretty intense when it bursts, right? You're not. Oh, like it sounds around after it bursts.
3: Absolutely terrible and disgusting, from what I've heard. Um, okay, this is from Newsweek. Houdini did not die immediately. Instead, it took a week for him to pass. Eventually, from peritonitis, or the Ooh. inflammation of organs caused by organ leaking.
4: Mm-hmm. okay
3: uh, since 1926 the mortality rate of peritonitis tended with surgery has decreased 80 percent so i believe what this is is it's like sepsis it's it's uh, it's, a, right. it's bacterial infection inside of your body
2: ideally though you get you if you're a appendix is rupturing you have it removed before you even get to the possibility of exactly
3: right this is why doctors are like we got if if your appendix is inflamed we got to take it out because we can't take that risk of it bursting inside So this is from uh, the history reader. Doctors knew about the small organ for a long time, but it had never occurred to anyone that such a small thing could have such disastrous consequences. It is uh, it is because it is so small that once it is inflamed, it can burst quite quickly. Mm. The contents of the intestines are then released into the abdomen. Oh, God.
1: No, thank which, you.
3: Yeah. <laughs> which causes peridonitis, inflammation of the inter- entire peritoneum (laughs) the lining of the abdominal cavity and that is why the link was never made between the small appendix and the fatal consequence of an abdominal inflammation before surgeons dared to open up a living patient's abdomen with any degree of success in the 19th century they only saw the final state of the appendix in the body of the deceased Mm.
4: during the autopsy
3: Amid the debris of full-scale peritonitis, no one had ever noticed the rupture of this tiny worm-shaped appendage.
1: So at that time, doctors were like, am I going in there? Right. It's a shit show. I know. Put some ice on that. (laughs)
2: <laughs> Oof. Just open them up and throw an ice cube in. <laughs> Close them back up. We've sewn
3: in
1: all the ice we can make.
3: Well, you're, ki- you, but kind of, you're not wrong. So, uh, it, it, by the time Houdini's appendix burst and and he was suffering from this appendicitis, they were opening people up and taking out the appendix. But once they opened him up, it had already burst. And I guess it beca- it's essentially pus inside of your stomach. And what Ugh. they did was they cleaned it out. They rinsed it out twice. Thank you. Good. So they opened him up twice to try and save him. But
1: oh, my God. Oh, but they're not identifying the source out. of what's causing it to... Oh, okay. Well,
3: it was already... Once it's burst, from my understanding, it, you're just doing damage control at that time. And they don't right. have antibacteria. Do we like, put
2: like um, what's the term like medical like black, not lack of medical knowledge but just like you know kind of primitive primitive yeah, medicine? primitive medical practices
3: yeah I guess it's it's not primitive it's not prim-
2: but prim- but you know just they just didn't have the knowledge or the expertise
3: yeah yet.
1: it's like those knuckle dragging ogre doctors <laughs> <Yes>. knew nothing <laughs> ogre
3: doctors. <laughs> What fools. <laughs> Are you getting a sandwich right now?
1: I am getting a sandwich. <laughs> nice.
3: For the record, he's uh he ordered a sandwich before we started the recording and now he yes. got the sandwich and he's probably going to start eating it while we're recording. No, no, I will not. I
1: will not. He is in dress rehearsal. I was this with is show. It after. I'm going to do notes like a professional. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah this is exciting people are you know this is backstage this is what happens yeah you're in dress rehearsals you know you're recording podcasts i'm ignoring my
1: ankle and back pain I'm, <laughs> I'm moving forward ready to do my show no we're not learning
3: <laughs> no <laughs> now here's a question matt yeah do you think he cheated his death too many times are mm. it, it could could that go up on the board like were his nine lives like used fate? up yeah. Yeah.
1: Tempting fate's a good place to put it because that you have to be in your head about it a few times, right? Like, For sure. He he didn't have zero close calls before he got punched in the stomach, right? No. Yeah. He
3: he had multiple close calls. Actually, there was one time where he was being buried alive, and he had to be pulled out. He he didn't come out all the way. I think he only got yeah. a, a hand out, and then they pulled him out, and he almost died doing that escape
1: oh now on your on your list of possibilities how deep did you dig like did you get into any like the conspiracy stuff at all yeah we should talk about that why do you have something you want to throw up matt well he was he was a a really outspoken skeptic and so he really dedicated his career to exposing psychics and people did seances and people weren't profiting from other people's grief. And he was put to the test multiple times and he would take those tests. He would go in and expose and sabotage people who are rigging crazy uh, things to uh, keep their seance or psychic business Mm. going. Right. And so people were, people was very It was very popular to hire people to come to your household to talk to dead family members and things like that. And he really was against that practice. So there's some people who think that the person who punched him was set up, To actually catch him purposely, yes, yeah, like because he had done this before, and they basically had possibly there's there's people that believe that they plotted to catch him off guard to make sure that his his abs weren't in perfect tight. Uh, so is that
2: like like revenge from the from the mystics or what do you call them <laughs>
3: they were they were called <laughs> spiritualists that was yes. their name yeah, yeah the spiritualist community oh, yeah. uh okay. was it uh, he had a few enemies houdini did have enemies yes particularly in that community and they he he I, I read that he did this thing where he would expose their techniques during his show so it was almost like During it it was it was like he was showing people how the spiritualists would take advantage of their customers during this. It was like an anti-spiritualist aspect to his show. Right. He also there was something where there was a he helped Congress uh, try. I know he went to D.C. to um, try to pass a support a bill to outlaw fortune telling.
1: Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Uh, he,
3: because so, people uh, were
1: using the freedom of religion thing and that 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 blanket of freedom of religion to do these kind of more shadier uh, hmm. enterprises.
3: And things yes, like that. and in the 1920s, apparently, spiritualism was very popular because yeah. it was post-war, World War One, and the influenza epidemic, and so people wanted to. Talk to their loved ones. I was gonna say fast. What you're saying is
1: no shortage of dead people. Therefore, <laughs> <Yes>. the business <laughs> that of that talking sucks. to dead people was sky high. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we all had <laughs> a lot of dead people back then.
3: Yes. Um, so uh, just to be clear, uh Clayton, uh, I want let's put the 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 spiritualist. Perhaps. Yes,
2: I have I have making enemies with the spiritualist community, unless you rather do mm-hmm. it. Okay.
3: Like a secret plot or something mm-hmm. okay? That they could have con- concocted. Um, because th- now here's the thing. I'm gonna read this like little account because I feel like it would be fun for us to do a, a reenactment of
4: <laughs> <laughs>
3: the of the punch based on this account. Okay, because it's not fair. All this is from all that's interesting. While Smilovich sketched Houdini whitehead this was the the name of the last name of the the student who came in Mm -hmm. whitehead chatted with the magician after some talk about houdini's physical strength whitehead asked if it was true that he could withstand even the mightiest punch to the stomach jack price then recalled the following as was recorded in ruth brandon's book the life and many deaths of houdini houdini remarked rather unenthusiastically that his stomach could resist much uh thereupon he whitehead gave houdini some very hammer-like blows below the belt mm. first securing Ooh. houdini's perdition to strike him houdini was reclining at the time with his right side nearest whitehead and uh the said student was more or less bending over him Whitehead, st- and and just for the record he was laying down because his ankle was elevated because <laughs> right. again his ankle was <laughs>
4: Oh my yeah. god. Yeah, punch me <laughs> toe.
1: Going out on stage, your ankle elevated with like an ice pack on it and be like, Don't worry, I'm still doing the I'm still doing the tummy punches. Don't right. worry. Don't worry. <laughs> Don't be distracted by this.
2: Houdini, you're on in five. <laughs> more thank punches, you. thank you.
1: Yeah.
4: E-er, 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 as I wheel myself
1: out.
3: So White had struck him at least four times until Houdini gestured him to stop in mid-punch. Price recalled that Houdini looked as though he was in extreme pain and winced as, as each blow was struck. Houdini said he didn't think Whitehead would strike so suddenly. Otherwise, he would have been better prepared. By evening, Houdini was suffering tremendous pain in his abdomen. But here's the thing. From this account, what my takeaway is, is here. I'll read it again. Houdini ra- remarked rather unenthusiastically that his stomach could resist much.
2: Right. So... I have- I have a couple of things I want to put on the okay. board as a result of that.
3: Yeah, but I, I, but, but I just I, I, maybe I'll just do my my reenactment and you guys can help me. Okay, like he the guy comes in and, and Matt, you ask me like, hey yeah. man, I heard that you you could. <laughs> hey,
1: hey, you uh you you uh you take tough punches, yeah. I heard you take some punches if you're yeah 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 bloody like yeah. Taking business?
3: Yes. Yes. I, I take punches like whatever. It's fine. Wham, 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 wham. Exactly. Wham,
1: wham, wham. Houdini, don't move whoa, your face whoa. while I'm drawing, please.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. You're the sketch artist. Yeah. I'm just trying to draw here. Come on. Yeah. That was great.
1: I have but a like printing y- deadline. <laughs>
3: <laughs> you know, like that's uncalled for. It's, mm-hmm. It seems very uncalled for.
2: Which is that's why. That's it. Okay. Go on. I, well, this is a bit, three things. One, one, the first thing I'm going to put up, which maybe is victim blaming, but like the arrogance of that, of, I don't know if the arrogance is the right word, but just Macho, like the- Macho. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Like, uh, Mach- like I machismo? said it once, now I have to back it up wherever I go.
3: Is it toxic masculinity this- or to- no? Is that mm-hmm. more intense?
2: I feel like it's like toxic ego. Machismo?
3: <laughs> like, I'm yeah. de-
2: like, it's like over self-confidence. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got it. Like, mm. yeah, yeah. Macho
1: arrogance.
2: Macho. I like that. I like that. That I also feel like we have to just put the punch up. Right. Yeah. Punch itself. But also the thing that that struck out to me too, or stuck out to me was that he was like somewhat he like came in suddenly. Mm -hmm. So perhaps it was just him being like unprepared. Like he wasn't in the right preparedness for the trick. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. The timing was off or something. His
3: abs weren't tight.
2: Yeah, like, like if he had yeah. known it was coming and he had prepped better, he might not have been as
1: That seems damaged. to be the yeah, I think that's the common understanding of it. That he was not prepared to 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 take the punches and the punches came in prematurely.
3: He was laying down. I don't think you can even... The laying
1: down part is new to me, and that sounds crazy. <laughs> I know.
2: See, the story was always told to me, this is where it like, you know, gets mixed up, urban legend kind of thing, that he was just at a cocktail party having a drink, talking to someone, and some guy just ran up and punched him really hard in the stomach thinking that yeah, he would be able yeah. to withstand it, and then he died,
1: but that's not how it happened. No, no. But it's I've been a, more fun. <laughs> I was a bartender at an Irish tavern for mm-hmm. eight years, and I've seen a lot of... Mu- Macho bullshit, and no one ever like lied across the bar, body shot style. And was like, punch me, right? <laughs> <laughs> no matter how drunk they were, no matter how drunk yeah. they were, like, no, no, no. From up here, I can do it.
3: And if you're thinking about doing that, don't.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I always pictured Houdini standing. Me, me no, too. he was
3: laying down. His ankle was hurting. Not, not with a broken ankle in the
1: air. I mean It's <laughs> given an ice pack like, on his vibe. back for appendicitis
3: <laughs> i'm so stressed out for him i'm so stressed out for him uh, doing all of these shows in so much pain
2: yes. <laughs> oh maybe maybe that's it maybe it's just he's overworked
1: Yeah, oh, but yeah. we, didn't, we didn't we didn't take time out to go to for exhaustion we didn't do exhaustion mm, as, right. a, as a way to cancel shows but maybe then we could have
3: I wonder if, you know, he seems like he was a skeptic, right? Right, yeah. And I wonder if he was skeptical of doctors too. Maybe he didn't trust doctors.
1: I haven't mm-hmm. met a lot of people who are skeptical of modern medicine on Twitter or at all, so I don't know. Yeah,
3: but, yeah. so why would we put that on the board? Yeah, that's not something that uh, humanity uh, wrestles with, right? Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's yeah, usually on board.
2: <laughs> Maybe it's just Houdini's point. own skepticism generally, skeptic of doctors, skeptical that this guy could actually land a like a fatal blow, skeptical skep mm. I can't even say the word anymore. Skept- can't. Skeptical. <laughs> S- um, skeptical.
1: Yeah, or or like uh I can heal, just I can don't worry, I'll just keep doing my shows and I'll get I'll get a good night's rest. Good right. night's rest. Yeah. Wake up on the right side of the bed, tip top.
3: Sometimes you need that medicine.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
3: Okay, so is there anything else we're we're running out of time. Is there anything else we want to put up on the board before we start knocking them off?
1: Let me see. We got the guy who punched him in there, yeah? Oh, oh no, no, we don't have his name. What is his <laughs> name again? Oh, Something Whitehead?
3: Whitehead, yes. His name was J... Uh, J. Gordon. J. Gordon Whitehead.
2: J. Gordon Whitehead.
0: Yeah. So let's take a quick break, and then we'll get to it. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes.
1: Nice dress. Uh, it's, a, it's a t-shirt.
0: Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care.
3: H-E-L-P dot com slash alarmist. Clayton, hit us.
2: Okay. Who is to blame for the death of Harry Houdini? We have escapology, nature of the business. The show must go on mentality. Yesterday's new news syndrome. Mm-hmm. Ignoring <laughs> appendicitis. Uh, appendicitis just generally. Limited <laughs> medical practices of the time. Tempting fate, making enemies with the spiritualist community, a secret death plot by the spiritualists, macho arrogance, the fatal punch, unprepared or a premature punch, Houdini's own skepticism, and the puncher himself, J. Gordon
1: Whitehead. Okay.
3: I feel you know, like, right, yeah, go on.
1: No, I was going to say, like, at first, I thought for sure I was going to go with the punch or J. Gordon Whitehead throwing mm-hmm. the punch. Uh, I feel like the fatal punch and the unprepared premature punch is all one. one it's mature. all sure. one,
3: and I actually think that we can take it all off the board. Okay, because it's been proven that At it least was medically. appendicitis. Like right. uh, they, 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 you can't get appendicitis from a punch.
2: Yeah, Right. It would certainly hurt to get punched with appendicitis, and it sounds for like he, sure. that was happening to him. So yeah, that it's, like a, it's a awful. catalyst
1: or an accelerant, uh, yes. but not necessarily. So if he didn't have appendicitis, he wouldn't have died, right? right? Right.
2: No, he probably just could have had some nasty bruises for a while and
1: recovered. I think if you're being iced down with fevers and you have a broken ankle, it's time to take a break. So <laughs> when you said ignoring appendicitis, when you read the when you read them that 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 would that rang the bell for me mm. okay
3: yes i think i think you're right and which may, means we can take appendicitis just generally off off the board yeah
2: <laughs> because it was because suitable could, yeah it was and people did survive it at the time it was a less a smaller chance yeah. but people were living with appendicitis mm-hmm. i Something think if you're like, taking the punch off and the premature punch too then that kind of leads you to maybe remove the spiritualist community and their death plot because. Yeah. I don't think they right. planned that. It wasn't an effective way of trying to kill Houdini, right?
4: Also,
3: think about that plan. The plan is
4: <laughs> I know. <laughs>
3: we're going to punch him and we're going to get this kid to punch him. And then hopefully a few days later. He'll get appendicitis, right. or there's so
1: many other ways that
2: you could
3: I'll have
1: tell you... trapped him in the <laughs> bottle, like milk can with
2: water, and let him
1: die there, right? Like, there mm-hmm. is a group of people right now, currently trying to exhume Houdini's grave because they want to look for arsenic in his uh, evidence of arsenic poisoning. Where there are people, there's a new conspiracy theorist, not the spiritualists haven't hired Jay Gordon to just uh, Jay Gordon Whitehead to go punchy punch. Uh, oh. <laughs> the new conspiracy theory is that maybe he was being slowly poisoned over time like micro poisoned by who uh, Dude, they don't by know. They different didn't. people just trying to get stuff into his hmm. food
3: wow and he you know it honestly we don't know because he was ne- there was never an autopsy done bum, before bum, he was bah. buried
2: right interesting that people so. are still kind of uh we are fascinated with some of this stuff in the past like
1: yeah yeah, to yeah to we're still body. like looking for new ways to right. check out Things that seem pretty resolved.
3: Yeah, well, he—it's all like he traveled with an entourage, either of like bodyguards or anything like that. So, yeah. if they wanted to get their hands on him, it probably was kind of easy.
2: Mm. We love a but- scandal, old or new. If it came out tomorrow that Houdini was being poisoned by his wife for years until he died, it would be—it <laughs> it would get its moment. It would, Yeah, it
1: certainly would be like an HBO show for sure. Yeah,
3: yeah. <laughs> I will say I don't think Bess would no, do that to absolutely Houdini. absolutely not.
1: Plus, um, with those size one shoes, you'd hear so many footsteps coming towards. <laughs> take so many more steps to get. there so many more steps to get. Oh, that's kicking
4: funny. Kicking, 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 As someone who's
3: very short, I find that very funny.
4: <laughs> I'm glad you do. <laughs> um,
3: yeah. I want to talk. We haven't talked about this, and I do want to talk about it real quick. But it does feel like Houdini and Bess had a beautiful love story mm. because. They met, you know, they met and they were to, at a very young age. They were pretty inseparable. They worked together. She was his assistant. And then I guess they talked about death as one does when I guess you're in the the death b- sure. business, the potential yeah, yeah. death business. <laughs> and their plan was that if one of them died before the other, the the one that was living would try to speak to them. You know, oh, the, in the, the afterlife, the, the, they would the try after, it Like out. the the person who was dead would try to come back and speak to the person who was living, and the, yeah. the even and though so they ev- didn't believe in it, they didn't. No, or, so, Houdini didn't. Yeah, no, but they had a, a. It was almost like a a a a. a, a well,
1: famously, uh, um, Arthur Conan Doyle. And, they, uh-huh. and him were very friends. And Conan Doyle was a big spiritualist. And so one oh. time they took him to a medium and they said, uh, and, and Doyle's wife, I think it was, was like, oh, I spoke to your mom and she wrote this note. And the note was all in English and his mom didn't speak English. And it was like, <laughs> dear Houdini. And that's not his name. <laughs> and it was like, and so I think they were very upset at this notion. So I guess it was like, hey, you and I know what we believe. So if it is real, if we do have questions, yes. you and I will know. How yes do well we she do there was a believe.
3: there was like a something that was part of their trick um so their their routine
1: like a, and uh, she
3: wanted him to give the it was it it's ghost
1: it's like ditto they said ditto, oh right? ditto like yeah ghost.
0: it's just like
2: it's like a code word almost or like yes, a detail yes. that only she would know Yes, it was like
3: it was the back and forth of of one of their routines that she was waiting for him to do. And it never came. And she did it for 10 years after his death every day on Halloween, every year on Halloween. And And he was like, no, I was
1: waiting 11. I was waiting 11 years. (laughs) The 11th one. Man, he just missed it.
3: Oh, (laughs) so I don't know what that tells you. I think it tells you that you can't really speak to ghosts. No,
1: but also... It it speaks to a deep desire for truth. Yeah. Yeah. They really... We're searching for it. I'm fighting this thing. I'm fighting this thing. But honestly, if there are any questions, questions, we don't know within a shadow of a doubt. So let's make sure we set this up to make sure if it is true. Yeah. I think it's really sweet. I actually really like that story a lot. It's almost... It also
2: reminds me kind of like, you know... like password protection, where it's like, what's the make and color of your first car? <laughs> like, if you forget your password. <laughs>
4: it's
2: like you're talking to a medium, and it's like, before we go
1: on. <laughs> this one, I got this letter in the mail. It says 82 Plymouth Duster. Yeah.
4: Like, <gasps> <gasps> Carol? <laughs>
3: <laughs> so I think what we're the main takeaway is right now everyone should have a a, a code, code word sure. with their with their yeah. loved one, with their partner. Yeah, for the
2: afterlife. Smart.
3: Yeah. Um let's get back to business here. I think we can take yesterday's news syndrome off the board.
1: Sure. sure. Right, because we have no yeah, nothing fully came up supporting that. Just that no. mentality yeah. came from our, our own empathy.
3: And the nature of the business can fold into the show must go on mentality.
1: That part I think is true.
3: right. That that is true. Yeah. I agree.
1: Yeah.
3: Um, limited medical practices of the time. We can't blame what we don't no. know yet. I because would say it,
2: ignoring go kind of trumps
1: that too. You know yeah. I mean, it's like yeah, because before the burst, they could, they did know how to remove the the appendix, yes. right? Mm-hmm. Yes. It's just post burst. They don't. They don't have the technology that we do right. now. But but that's that's not. He he could have gotten it removed. Yes. Before it bursts, correct, because mm.
3: we, they didn't have um, uh, uh, antibiotics. So right. once it bursts, it means it's harder to control the the bacterial infection in the body.
2: Right, mm. right, 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 right.
3: Thank God mm. for antibiotics. Um, I feel
2: um, macho arrogance. I feel it kind of was tied into this like whole punch thing, which I feel like is now obsolete. If we're rolling
1: out the punch.
4: Although yeah, if anything, factor
1: to, yeah, yeah, the macho part, you're right, you're right. The, the, yeah,
4: but
3: of, I get what you A lot of unmacho people
1: don't go to the doctor. Right.
4: It's true.
3: Right, right. right. Macho They're just or blusses. un-macho. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> no. Just
4: <kidding.
3: laughs> um, that, and that And I feel like that folds into a ignoring appendicitis. Sure, sure, sure. Right? Houdini's own skepticism.
2: It's a little general.
3: Yeah. Oh, and we can take Jay Gordon Whitehead off if we're taking the punch off.
1: That leaves three. Okay.
3: So here's what I'm thinking, and then tell me what you guys, if you guys agree. I think we send ignoring appendicitis to the alarmist jail, and then we slap the show must go on mentality.
2: Mm -hmm. I like that.
3: Do do you like that? Or do we switch them? I think it's more ignoring your like body. Your body is screaming at that point.
4: Yeah, he's got a yeah. hundred
3: and four fever.
2: They're very intertwined, right? I mean, it's yeah. like the the
1: appendicitis- but the show must go on is the excuse, right? Yes, you know, like it's like, uh, hey, have you gotten your shot yet? No, I'm too busy. I'm too busy. I can't go. So the sh- uh. it's it's really underlying is still like I'm like I don't I don't like needles, right? Like right. we don't want to say that, so we say so the show must go on is the excuse so that I can keep ignoring my appendicitis. But he knows he has appendicitis. He knows he's got pain. He knows he's he knows, he knows it's he's bad.
3: Unwell. He's gotta know it's bad. It's so are you
2: advocating that we switch it, Matt? That we throw show must go on mentality into jail?
1: Do you think? No, no, I'm, I'm doing am oh, doing support the choices, yeah. Because okay. I think so in interchangeable. Support. Yeah. yeah.
3: Okay, uh, I'm gonna call it. Oh, we did it. <laughs> well, we did it. We pretty much did oh, it. Here it goes, here it goes. Solved it. The show must go on mentality. You're getting the big slap. Ignoring appendicitis. You're going to the alarmist jail.
1: <laughs> that's right. <laughs> One phone call, buddy.
2: That's going to be a weird uh, jail uh, cellmate ignoring appendicitis. i checking up with them.
3: I get us the instinct, the human instinct to ignore. Or his, it's Houdini's instinct to ignore his own appendicitis that's going...
1: Mm. To the alarmist
2: jail. Yeah. Yeah. So it is kind of on Houdini then. Blaming Houdini for his Aww. own death.
1: Honestly, once you told me he was coming out card out like and he's, you know, laid out with his leg in the air, yeah. It's time yeah. to take a break, buddy. Like Yeah. Yeah. Listen to people or do something. Yeah. If you guys come see me in late October and I'm like wheeling myself out there <laughs> yes. and I have two the, arms the co- and a cast or something <laughs> I'm not gonna I'm going to touch you the code word jet- is
3: Houdini <laughs> <Yeah>. just- <laughs> you guys like, Matt there's three
1: other magicians in the show you can just take a break pal <laughs> it won't
3: happen I hope Matt thank you so much for joining us today and oh this was
1: a blast thank you for having you me know,
3: we couldn't have figured out Houdini's death without you
1: that's right That's right. <laughs> I, f- I felt very valuable and needed <laughs> <laughs>
3: In the aftermath, there was no autopsy performed on Houdini, and his feud with spiritualists led to theories that he was poisoned. Before his death, Houdini came up with a secret code that he told his wife Bess, so that if a medium tried to contact him in the afterlife, she'd know that it was really him. Several seances were performed, but Houdini never showed up. The Alarmist is now on Patreon. Subscribe and get ad-free content along with bonus episodes. Go to patreon.com slash The or check out the link in our show description. Visit our website, www.thealarmistpodcast.com and follow us on Instagram at The Alarmist Podcast and on Twitter at Alarmist The. You can also send us your thoughts via email to thealarmistpodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Today's episode was produced and engineered by Clayton Early, with editing by Molly Hockey, and fact-checking by Chris Smith. Thank you to our associate producer and researcher, Crystal Dinsberg. The Alarmist is executive produced by Rebecca Delgado-Smith. Tune in next week. We'll be discussing the Duchess of Argyle scandal. The Alarmist. Powered by ACAST.
0: Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula
3: companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made ByHeart a better formula for formula. Learn more at BuyHeart.com.
1: This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it.